Welcome to Noggin, the Simple Psychology Podcast, where we discuss scientific research in simple and exciting ways that is applicable to everyone. I'm Ben Rasmussen. And I'm McKay Heaton. And we are your hosts. Okay, welcome back to Noggin today, everybody. We're going to be talking about savoring on today's episode. So, you might think, is this just an episode about savory food? No, no, it is not. It is about something called savoring. Is it an episode about savers? No. Nope. Well, sorry, all those thrift shoppers. It's not about savers. Either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you were hoping to find some good deals, this is just a good deal for your mental health. <laughs> nothing, nothing with a price tag on it. <laughs> this is priceless. <laughs> it's priceless, and it's free. You're welcome. <laughs> so what is savoring? Savoring is... Uh, a principle that falls under the positive psychology, not pop positive psychology umbrella. Um, and it is defined as thoughts and behaviors capable of generation, intensifying and prolonging enjoyment, aka when you stop and smell the roses. So that's what we're going to be talking about today is how we can better savor the good things in our life. Um, savoring has three parts, savoring the past. So that's kind of nostalgia, looking back on fond memories, the present meaning the present moment and also things that are just happening now generally. So listening to this podcast, you can savor our voices and things like that. Or you can just savor your family situation or your job situation or whatever it is that's going well in your life. You can savor that and appreciate that as well as savoring the future. So looking forward to the good things that are going to happen in your future and not focusing just on the doom and gloom that might befall you. Um, so to get us started today, I wanted to share a quote from Helen Keller. I left the link to this article, um, this essay that she wrote back in the 1930s that was published in an article. Um, so if you're interested in reading the whole thing, you can check that out in the show notes. But she says, those who have never suffered impairment of sight or hearing seldom make the fullest use of these blessed faculties. Their eyes and ears take in all the sights and sound hazily without concentration and without appreciation. I have often thought it would be a blessing if each human being were stricken blind and deaf for a few days at some time during his early adult life. Darkness would make him more appreciative of sight. Silence would teach him the joys of sound. Now and then I have tested my seeing friends to discover what they see. Recently, I was visited by a very good friend who had just returned from a long walk in the woods, and I asked her what she had observed. Nothing in particular, she replied. I might have been incredulous had I not been accustomed to such responses, for long ago I became convinced that the seeing see little. How is it possible, I asked myself, to walk for an hour through the woods and see nothing worthy of note? I, who cannot see, find hundreds of things to interest me through mere touch. I find the delicate symmetry of a leaf. I pass my hands lovingly about the smooth skin of a silver birch or the rough, shaggy bark of a pine. In spring, I touch the branches of trees, hopefully in search of a bud, the first sign of awakening nature after her winter's sleep. I feel the delightful, velvety texture of a flower and discover its remarkable convolutions. And something of the miracle of nature is revealed to me. Occasionally, if I am very fortunate, I place my hand gently on a small tree and feel the happy quiver of a bird in full song. I am delighted to have the cool waters of a brook rush through my open fingers. To me, a lush carpet of pine needles or spongy grass is more welcome than the most luxurious Persian rug. To me, the pageant of seasons is a thrilling and unending drama, the action of which streams through my fingertips. At times, my heart cries out with longing to see all these things. If I can get so much pleasure from mere touch, how much more beauty must be revealed by sight? Yet those who have eyes apparently see little. 
The panorama of color and action which fills the world is taken for granted. It is human, perhaps, to appreciate little that which we have and to long for that which we have not. But it is a great pity that in the world of light, the gift of sight is used only as a mere convenience rather than as a means of adding fullness to life. End quote. So I thought that was really powerful when I read this. We talked about Helen Keller's essay in my positive psychology class when we were talking about savoring. And that was really profound to me when we first read it. So I wanted to share that here. Helen Keller, I think, is really onto something here that we see and we hear and we get to touch and taste um, and smell marvelous things all around us so often. But how often do we really stop and actually appreciate those things? So that is what the essence of savoring is, is stopping and appreciating the things that we are just generally accustomed to, but that, that are actually pretty amazing. So we're going to share a couple of research papers today. The first is just to kind of show some of the benefits of savoring. And then the second one is going to be talking about um, how to savor and what that will do for you. So this first paper is by Jose, Lim, and Bryant. It's called Does Savoring Increase Happiness? A Daily Diary Study. It was published in the Journal of Positive Psychology in 2012. These researchers gathered 101 participants from New Zealand of various ethnicities and had them complete a daily diary task for a month. So every day they would complete these prompts that were given to them. They were asked about pleasant life events that had happened to them in the last hour, their frequency, their intensity, and their impact. So every day at a certain time, they would think about their last hour and they would think about something pleasant that had happened to them or multiple things, how frequently those things happened, how intense those things were and the impact on their life of those positive things. Um, they were also asked about how much they savored these life events. So for example, I felt grateful for the pleasant event or I tried to intensify the moment by focusing on it. And then they would say how much or how little they did that. They were also asked about their levels of happiness in the last hour. So they did this every single day for a month, and then they ran some stats on it, and this is what they found. Unsurprisingly, savoring was associated with happiness. So the more you savored, the happier you were. This is not causal, this is just an association, but the people who savored more were also happier. So that is something to note. And overall, those who savored enjoyed the things that happened to them more and were also happier. So the people who savored tended to enjoy the positive things. They didn't have necessarily more positive things happen to them, but they enjoyed them more. And they were also just happier in general, like I mentioned. So pretty cut and dry findings, but it just goes to show that savoring can be associated with more happiness and more enjoyment of the things that happen around you. Awesome. So my paper goes into the different types of savoring, which is really practical. And I'm excited to talk about them because I learned a lot while I read this. My paper was published in Personality and Individual Differences. And it was in 2010. And it's titled Positive Emotion Regulation and Well-Being, Comparing the Impact of Eight Savoring and Dampening Strategies. And the authors are, why do I always get the hard authors? This is ridiculous. <laughs> I can't even. Quoe de Bach. Barry, that was a good one, Barry. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Barry, for having an easy last name. <laughs> Hansen and Mikolazak, JCZ. How do you say that in those straight, uh, Ben? I don't know. It's. I mean, it's definitely Eastern European. It could It could be Polish. It could be anything. I don't know. JCZ. I don't know how to say those three letters in a row. Yeah, it could be, could be like the Czech Republic. <laughs> somewhere yeah. in that general area, but not sure how to pronounce it. Anyways, anyways. So, 
just look for the title. <laughs> Don't search by author name. <laughs> <laughs> so the researchers in this study found 282 participants, and then they surveyed them using different types of measures. And they were looking for a couple different aspects of life. And and in the title, it talked about savoring and dampening. So savoring is like what Ben said. It's like appreciating the moment kind of thing. And then dampening is 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 the opposite of savoring, if you can imagine that. Like not distraction. Yeah. Dis- or ignoring sensations. Yes. Or or thinking about things negatively okay, instead of gotcha. thinking about things positively. So well. instead of trying to enhance the experience, like detract from the experience. <laughs> kind of, yeah. So there's there's uh, there's a couple different ways. So for savoring, the things that they surveyed these participants for was behavioral display. And this means showing positive emotions through facial and body expression. So that's that would that was a way they said, oh, that's that's savoring is smiling and saying, wow, you're so kind and giving someone a hug or something like that. And then the next one is being present. So this means deliberately shifting your thoughts to enjoy the present moment. So that's kind of like mindfulness and really the essence of savoring. And then the next one they found they wanted to study was capitalizing. And this means in positive psychology and savoring terms to share these positive events with others or these positive things that you enjoyed. So it's kind of like that lady or, you know, that lady came back from her walk and said, no, nothing happened. But if she did experience something, it would be coming back to Helen Keller and saying like, hey, I saw this awesome blue jay and it had a nest and the birds were so cute. And that's capitalizing. Then the last one for savoring is positive mental time travel. So this is is just thinking about uh, an event that is positive and like, kind of ruminating in that event. Ruminating is kind of a negative term, but positive rumination, positive (laughs) rumination for uh, a past event or a future event doesn't need to, it's just anything but the present. So those were the savoring techniques or savoring things that they tried to survey these people on. And then the dampening measures what they were looking for is the first one is called suppression. So this means suppressing positive emotions due to fear, shyness, or modesty. So it's like saying, okay, I really want to express this positive moment or this savoring, but I'm scared to, you know, it's like, oh, I really want to capitalize and share this with my friend, but I'm scared to because I'm shy or because I'm afraid of what they'll think of me or I'm just, oh, I, I, I think that's kind of bragging, so I don't want to do it. You know, so you just avoid positive emotions because of something. Makes sense. The next one is distraction. So this means engaging in thoughts and activities that are not related to a current positive event. So it's just thinking about like, oh, I have this test due or, oh, I have this thing due. And oftentimes this d- distraction is kind of in an anxious form. The next one is fault finding. And this is exactly what it sounds like, finding faults in people or events and focusing on them. And then the last one is negative mental time travel. So this is the same thing, not thinking about the present, thinking about the past or the future, but a negative event and then like ruminating on that negative event. So those are the things they're looking for. Wow, that was a lot. <laughs> so it was a lot of surveying. And so they all they did was they, they used a bunch of measures to survey these people in their lives. And then, they, you know, they did a bunch of fancy statistics in like six different ways, chi-squared. You know, Ben, you know that stuff. 
that stuff. Statistical analysis. <laughs> I just summarized about four pages of this paper with those two sentences. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and so what the results were, what, uh, so they were pretty specific. And it's, so they found that positive emotions, so positive affect, was most bolstered by two different savoring techniques. The first was being present. So focusing your mind on the present positive emotions. And then the second one was positive mental time travel. So I think that's kind of cool. The paper did point out like the irony of this and that <laughs> you, savoring, you know, it, it's like you're doing the opposite thing. Being present and then time traveling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're doing the opposite thing yet finding positive emotions from doing those things but i mean it kind of makes sense at the same time though because you have all three of the time basis covered that i mentioned in the beginning there's the, po the past the present and the future and mm -hmm. so here you've got the mental time travel to the past to the future and then you also have being in the present so all three bases are covered yeah i i think that this is this was super helpful for me because i am a person who is not very good at thinking about the moment like being present i'm not great at but after reading this i'm like no i'm i'm really good at positive mental time travel <laughs> because i think about positive events that happen to me a lot mm -hmm. i do think about that a lot and yeah. i do think about things that i'm excited for in the future a lot where I'm like, oh, I'm super excited for this event to happen because it's going to be awesome, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I'm very good at that positive mental time travel, and I feel like that contributes to my positive emotions. So, yeah. but, but, you know, my wife, she is way better at being present, but it's hard for her to do the positive mental time travel kind of thing. So it, it, that helped me realize, oh, yeah, I'm really good at that. Maybe I can get better at being present. Or, yeah, my wife's really good at, you know, being present. Maybe she could get better at positive mental time travel. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, they they also found that positive emotions were most uh, inhibited by distraction. So, being nervous or anxious about things coming up or, you know, thinking about scheduling things, you know, things that are just not focused on those positive events and emotions, it... it took away from your positive emotions the most. So the second thing they found was life had to do with life satisfaction. So the life satisfaction was most bolstered by capitalizing. And capitalizing, if you remember, is sharing positive events and savoring events, those savoring events that you experience with others. So if you go to a super awesome football game and you're like, whoa, that game was so awesome, and then you go home and you tell someone, that is going to increase your life satisfaction, or at least what this study suggests, it found correlations with. And then life satisfaction was most inhibited by fault-finding and negative mental time travel. Hmm. So, which is, kind, is, is pretty intuitive, you know? If you're going to think yeah. about negative things, then you're going to be less satisfied with your life. Right, yeah, whether that's in the past, things that have happened, or just worrying about these negative things that you're sure are going to happen to you in the future. Exactly. So this study wasn't manipulated 
study. So again, it was correlational, but it was still, I mean, it, it showed good evidence for, for this savoring and, you know, that's very helpful for me. It pointed out, I mean, just the explaining the savoring things helped me in my life. I was like, Oh sweet. Now I have more things I can be like, yeah, I want to more strategies, more tools to use to, savor and kind of be present and be mm-hmm. mindful yeah i'm glad you shared all those categories because i was thinking the same thing it's nice to have it's like some concrete things to do that will help me savor so instead of just being like yeah go and savor it's like okay yeah i can sit and i can think about the past in a positive way like think about the good things that have happened to me i can also think about the good that's to come in the future i can try and share positive experiences with others i can display my positive emotions things like that and it's, it's also nice to have that list of dampening things too because it's good to know that those that i'm sure all of us do to some extent or another those can take away from our experiences and you can kind of catch yourself in that moment thinking oh man i'm fault finding i should just enjoy this experience or that wow that was a negative mental time travel i'm really worried about this thing that's coming up what are the positives that could happen from this that's coming up you know so i think that's really helpful another thing too just to kind of give you some more concrete tools uh, to savor in my positive psychology class and on my positive psychology professor's website that he has. It's called mybestself101.org. This, this is Jared Warren's SCONE method. So this is my professor for positive psychology, and he gave us this acronym, SCONE, to help us think about savoring. So because the first scones are delicious and very easy <laughs> to savor. Yes, exactly. So the first is to slow down. So in this world, obviously, we are moving fast. There's so many things to do, blah, 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 so busy. So slow down, take a minute, whether that's maybe not running the yellow light, just like stopping and sitting at the red light, or slowing down your walk, or just slowing down your mind. C is considering the context. So that's kind of just coming out of slightly unconscious autopilot and just thinking about everything that's around you. So not only how you got there and thinking about, wow, it's so impressive that I am at this job or in school or whatever it is you're doing because it took me so long to get here and I've worked so hard or the scenery around you. So thinking about that tree that you just walked past, how old that is and how much or how many weather storms it's had to endure and how many birds have made nests and laid laid eggs on that tree, things like that. Just considering the context, opening up your senses. So what can you see? What can you hear? What can you smell? What can you taste? What are you feeling right now? Noticing your thoughts as they come without judgment. So if you notice yourself having a thought that I'm so busy, I don't have time for this. You can just notice that and just let it, let it float on by and just consider your thoughts as they come. And then just enjoying the moment is the E. So that is the scone method. So hopefully that's another concrete way, concrete method for you all to help you in your savoring practice. So McKay, what were your takeaways from reading this research? For me, I loved the methods of dampening and savoring. And I noticed that I'm a f- like, it's easy for me to fault find. And so over the next couple of weeks, I want to try to notice when I do and then maybe replace it with a different savoring activity. Like probably like being in the moment. That's probably the one that I would do. But that's a good one. And, and I also want to keep keep doing like the positive mental time travel because i like i like doing that so yeah that's a good one i had a similar takeaway um the living in the moment reminded me of a quote from a book that i love it's called scythe 
It was recommended to me by a friend, and I officially recommend it to all of you. Um, my wife is reading it right now because I didn't force her, but like strongly encouraged <laughs> her to read it. It's so good. But anyways, so in I won't spoil anything just in case anyone's plugging their ears right now. Um, so in this world of Scythe, the book, they're in this futuristic world where society has conquered death medically. And so they're able to just kind of reset people's ages back. And so everyone's kind of immortal. Um, and then there's a whole conflict that goes on. But they call it like the post-mortal age. And so it's kind of fun for people in that age to look back on the history, like the, pre, the pre-immortal age. Like the, They call it the mortal age. Um, and just study what people were like in our age, where there were timelines and where, when there was death and disease and things like that because they just don't have those things in this world. And there's this one character who loves to watch American football from the mortal age because it's so dangerous and violent and such high stakes because if you get injured you can't just immediately heal like they can in this world and the thing that sticks out to me the most from that part which is what i want to share from all this build up is he says something along the lines of it's so fascinating to me that mortals were never were never able to just focus on the present moment because the present moment was all they really had so that was really profound to me because it's true that that is all we really have we aren't guaranteed a tomorrow and the past is something that we cannot return to we can look back on it and reflect on it and we can find satisfaction in that but it's really important to just all things aside spend some time focusing on what is happening right now and that it leads me to my second takeaway we get so stuck on this treadmill of things that are coming in the future that we forget to enjoy the moment that we are in right now so I'm going to try and take time every day to put aside distractions and just enjoy, enjoy things. So I'll put aside my phone. Maybe I'll, I, one thing I love to do is I love to just sit, um, with my headphones in with music on, I'll set a timer for like 10 minutes and I'll just sit on the ground or something and I'll just listen to music and just, just be there. That's something I really like to do. I haven't done it in a while. So I think my takeaway is for me to start doing that again. Um, Dr. Warren shared a story with us when we, he was talking about savoring. He went on a like meditation retreat a couple years back for a week and they couldn't talk and there was lots of different just kind of meditation exercises mindfulness mindfulness exercises and things like that and they also talked about savoring and so I think it was on like his third or fourth day of this one week trip that he went on and he was eating breakfast and he was looking at this strawberry and considering the strawberry and he was trying his best to savor the strawberry and he got so involved with this strawberry that he actually broke down crying he was just overwhelmed with emotion at this strawberry and i thought that is peak savoring right there he said this never happened since and he's not an emotional guy but he got so involved with the strawberry that he broke down and cried (laughs) that's hilarious (laughs) yeah it's so funny it's it's so awesome though that someone can enjoy a piece of fruit so much something that we take for granted so much it goes back to what helen keller was talking about we have these amazing things all around us but we rarely think about them and we rarely appreciate them um but dr warren did with that strawberry that day go dr (laughs) warren he this this I want to leave you guys with one of my favorite quotes. And if you're looking for a song to listen to for 10 minutes on repeat, I'll tell you, Ugwe Ascends, Hans Zimmer. It'll just change your world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyways, that I, I recommend that song because I think Ugwe is pretty smart. Yesterday's history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That is why it is called the present. End quote, Ugwe. <laughs> So go enjoy life because it is a gift. 
You have been listening to Noggin, the Simple Psychology Podcast. Thank you for listening to our show. We really appreciate it. We have shared with you only two articles of the thousands that have been published on this subject. Though we wish we could go more in depth, we hope you've enjoyed our introduction and interpretation of this topic. We don't claim to know everything, but we have shared with you our takeaways from reading the research. I'm McKay. And I'm Ben. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you.